0: Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or
1: re enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Clotho, at Spindle on Twitter, joined with Kama.
2: Hi, I'm Kama, grammar saves lives on Tumblr. Guile. Hi, I'm Guile,
3: I tweet at Door Podcast on Twitter. Lot. Hi, I'm Lot, lady
0: of Tarth hyphen posts on Tumblr. And Mitchell.
4: Hey, I'm Mitchell, I don't really tweet much, but it's the fake Mitch M.
0: Cool.
3: <laughs> Not the, I thought you were the real Mitch M., <laughs> Maybe I'm no. getting you confused with Donald Trump. This All is right. the
4: real Mitch M. talking, but... Okay.
3: <laughs> You've been following the wrong Mitch, Kyle.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. I actually forgot my password about two years ago now, so it's been pretty quiet.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, we'll be going over Tyrion's eighth point of view chapter in the book A Game of Thrones in this episode, and spoiler warnings as usual for A Song of Ice and Fire and the show A Game of Thrones as well as warnings for discussion of violence and rape. Um, happening since last chapter, Sir Barristan Selmy is dismissed from the King's Guard. Sansa pleads for her father's life. Cersei and Joffrey tell her that they will be merciful if Ned confesses and swears fealty. Varius visits Ned in the black cells and advises him to admit treason. Ned states that his honor is more important to him than his life. Varius reminds him that Sansa's life is at risk. Rob's army arrives at the twins, and Catlin negotiates with Lord Walder Frey for their crossing. Lord Commander Mormont gives John his sword, Longclaw. Master Aemon speaks to John about duty and family, revealing that he is Aemon Targaryen, son of King Makar I. Kaldrogo has defeated another Khalasar, and Daenerys tries to stop his men from vaping, raping the women in the town. One of the women she rescues is a healer named Miri Mazdur, who agrees to treat Drogo's wounds. And now on to Tyrion Eight, The Lannister army has set up camp by the Green Fork of the Trident, and Tyrion has shown up late to Tywin's evening meal. Tywin's not amused and gives him news that the Stark host has moved south from the twins and is no more than a day's march north of them. Uncle Kevin explains that Tyrion will be riding in the vanguard with his mountain clansmen. Tyrion assumes he will be in command of this vanguard, but Tywin informs him that they will be under Sir Gregor's command instead. Tyrion loses his appetite at the news. After only one bite, laughter follows his departure from the table, and he hopes they all choke on their suckling pigs.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was lot. reading this like okay. right, bef- um, you know, with daylight savings in the U.S. yesterday. You know, I was waiting to have lunch, and it was going to be a late lunch anyway, but then it was, like, extra late because of the time change. And I was reading this before, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry. I could, like, taste. <laughs> I felt like Tyrion. Yeah, you know, I had a thought. It'd be
0: interesting. You know, I think George should write his sex scenes like he does his
2: food
3: scenes. Awesome. Oh. I, mean, I think he should just go with that. Him. It would work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean for him obviously the food is sexier than the sex. So, <laughs> yes. Well,
2: there I mean there's a really awesome old movie called um oh god what's it called? Is it called Tom Jones? Not like the singer Tom Jones, but like the epic. And there's this amazing scene with um oh god Susanna York and I can't think of the other actor, but they're all eating in the so- Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What?
0: <laughs> Maybe me- it was so descriptive though. I, like I even yeah. like took a quote just to give you like a, a taste of what it could his sex scenes could read like. And it's you know the skin crackled. I mean your place crackled with you know I don't know like shuddered. <laughs> <laughs> under his knife and hot juices ran
3: from the beat. That's awesome. <laughs> it's all there. See, it works. It's I mean, it. he can do the sword. He can do fighting scenes that are sexy and food that's sexy, but not sex that's not sexy. actual <laughs> sexy, no. <laughs> oh, that's good. So basically we have some writing tips for George. <laughs> yeah. Pretend the sex is a suckling pig. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, now you're ruining it for me, but okay. <laughs>
1: oh, oh. Oh, I thought it was interesting. He mentioned uh, that um, Sir Kevin seldom had a thought that Lord Tywin had not
2: had first. <laughs> kind
4: of, and we later know. find
2: out that's not true. So then I kind of wonder, was that, was Kevin actively involved in that? I mean... Oh!
3: I think it was true i think kevin was coasting and once tywin was dead he you know he had to have a thought because god knows cersei wasn't gonna have I don't, any
2: i don't agree i mean i think we find i mean i think that's the the whole reason we have a pov structure but we find out and from other siblings that he's not it's not that he's i think i think um Tywin's kids don't have the highest opinion of Kevin, but it doesn't sound like that's actually accurate. We have no. multiple come... So they just
1: assume that he's sort of like always. No, Jamie, Jamie certainly has.
3: To... I mean,
2: Jamie has yeah, but... a high
3: opinion of him. He assumes, you know, Kevin for the Regency or and or the hand. Like he's, you know, I, he I certainly he just, assumes that would be the right yeah. thing to do.
2: I think Tyrion, let me put it this way I think Tyrion is not exactly. Uh, uh, well, I think he's not accurate here. Okay. I think I think, he,
3: I think that Kevin's a follower, and that Tywin's dis Tywin's displeasure with Tyrion would lead Kevin to express the same feelings. Whereas someone like Jenna is actually a little bit more independent in her thoughts. Yeah. And I think you know what we know of Jerry and he was you know a little bit more independent in the th- in his thoughts. So I think like it's probably pretty accurate that. Kevin would would have been like by far the uncle that Tyrion was probably not the closest to.
2: Yeah, but I, I think there's a big difference between I mean, you can be a follower, but you can still be, you know, coming to the table with things and and making suggestions and being heard. And I think that's a more accurate relationship that Tywin and, and Kevin probably and the, had the kids. And I I'm
1: yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry.
2: I was just going to say, the kids all have a filter that they see Tywin
1: through, so maybe that impacts it, that they all sort I of see so. him as more, do- you know, dominant and sort of taking the air out of the room every time he walks in. You know, it's kind of, he's the big dominant figure in their lives. But, I mean, I guess his siblings would have a different impression, you know? We
3: no, I mean, his it. siblings absolutely had the same impression. I mean, we literally have Jerrion, like, leaving Westeros because Tywin took up, like, too much space and yeah. Ticket coped by... Like, fucking and fighting, and <laughs> Kevin coped by, like, fading into the background, more yeah. or less. Like, accepting his position as,
2: you know, number two. But, again, you can, I mean, look at, like, the, the way, like, a normal leadership structure functions. You can have somebody I who's I don't know clearly,
3: what that is anymore, so I don't well, know... Well, that that's this is true. What we don't have it on now. a national <laughs> level,
2: but I have seen <laughs> it in practice elsewhere. It has existed in history. And you can have your leader, you can have your dominant figure, but they are usually supported by... Yeah. I mean,
3: other- I know you like Kevin, I just don't see it at this point. I gotta be honest. They- like, I don't okay. think he's... I, I think Tyrion's fairly accurate about him.
2: I, I'm gonna go to the mat on this. I think... I think there's a difference between being a follower and being a mindless zombie who does whatever he's told to do. And I really don't think Kevin is well, that.
3: I, and I don't think that Tyrion's calling him a mindless zombie either. He but. seldom had a thought that
2: Tywin hadn't had first. I seldom. A zombie would never have a thought. It's <laughs> <He's just> contrary, <laughs> in my opinion. <mind. laughs>
1: yeah, it's like after reading, like, oh, he's pudgy and oh, he's like, sort of my opinion is that Tyrion, like,. It, Kevin seems a lot weaker than I remember him being on the first uh, first read, or if I didn't pay attention, you know. So I don't know. It's through he Tyrion's eyes,
0: through the yeah, through Tyrion's yeah. Video. You know I mean, he did seem meek in this chapter.
4: I mean, I feel like Kevin doesn't get enough credit, but also I think a lot of what's happening here is just Tyrion being very quick to assume that anything bad coming his way would be coming from Tywin. Yeah, like the fact that yeah. this is well, this is not yeah. a good thing.
3: Well, and I mean, to Tyrion's in the Black Cells, who does, you know, does Tywin come to, like, kind of, you know, s- does Tywin deliver his messages himself? No, he sends his toady Kevin to do it.
4: That's a good point.
2: <laughs> no, I, again, though, I mean,
0: there's a, there's a i got a feeling we're going to be getting mail from Kama next week.
2: (laughs) (laughs) week, I'm pretty sure. Are you I mean, like, again, I mean, the position when Tyrion's in jail, the position Tywin's in, I don't think that really lends itself to him making visits to the Black Cells, even if he had that kind of relationship with his son, which he clearly does not. Uh, Oberyn was a
3: judge. He went there.
2: That's Oberyn. Oberyn... Tywin, I don't know. I,
3: I feel I like mean, Tywin does what he wants, right? Like, he's now I, don't, with, I don't think he does. I think he is very
2: much. He and his kid. Now I, I want a
1: prequel he, of, like, Lannisters and, like, POVs with, like, Kevin and I, the Lannisters. I really disagree. <laughs> yeah. I think
2: Tywin is very much hamstrung in many ways by his perception of doing what is not going to get his family made a laughingstock of. It's usually wrong, um, and it's not. I mean, sometimes it's like, dude, just do the, the right thing and oh, you'd be better off. Okay, but- I'm going to keep disagreeing on this particular point because I do
3: think that if that was the case, if his motivation was to keep his family from being a laughingstock, he 100% would have not persecuted Tyrion and they would have covered everything mm. up and Joffrey choked on a pigeon bone. You know, that is they certainly wouldn't have gone with the, my son murdered the king both of my sons are kingslayers. Like, this is not... Yeah, this is not an area that if that was Tywin's like overriding concern. he also
2: had, he he had Cersei screaming bloody murder the whole time and she's making an a big,
3: hysterical woman. What could she possibly know? <laughs>
2: you know I mean, like I guess we're just right gonna have itself. to disagree or agree to disagree on this because well, I don't. I'll
3: disagree, but I don't agree to disagree. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh my
0: god! Oh <laughs> my god, Kyle! You're, you're being such a Kevin Lannister, god, so, like,
3: The younger. <laughs> <laughs> more like, a, let's say, can I be the Jarian? Yeah, more like. The I always think of him as Brian Adams, you know. <laughs> It's like a knife. <laughs> okay. Dusk is falling
1: as Tyrion walks through the camp. He comes upon Shagga and Khan roasting an ox over their fire. They invite him to join them, but he declines and tells them to send him—sorry, send for him when it's finished. Tyrion finds Bronn sitting with the servants. Tywin is sent for him. We are introduced to Podrick Payne, distant cousin to Sir Ilan Payne. Tyrion thinks that Pod is almost as quiet as Sir Illyn, despite having a tongue. Tyrion asks Bronn if the dark-haired girl sitting with them, who looks about 18, was the one he had requested. Before Bronn can answer, she stands and introduces herself as Shay. Tyrion likes her insolent smile. They go into his tent, and he tells her that he will be generous, but along with the sex, he requires that she serve him and keep him company. Whether he keeps her a day or a year, he expects her to sleep only with him during that time. She responds, fair enough, and they proceed to have sex. After she falls asleep, Tyrion walks outside naked and asks Bronn where he found Shay. Bronn took her from a night since all the pretty ones were claimed. Tyrion confesses that he believes his father wants him to die in battle before returning to the tent. I just thought it was hilarious that he walked out there naked. I mean, I don't know. I guess nobody cares, but I just i, just, I, just, I, I couldn't get it out it of my was head. pretty,
2: <laughs> forgive the pun,
1: ballsy
3: to do that, but you know. Walk around naked. <laughs> Maybe it's like an intimidation thing in a way too, like, you know, whoever the biggest dog is can walk around naked and in that situation, you know, it's Tyrion. He's like, Yeah. I liked how he made Pod show him his tongue (laughs) that he had one. I think
0: that a lot of this bit, too, is um, coloring, I guess, sympathy, like trying to get us to have sympathy for Tyrion, um, like the whole bit about him. Uh, I'm totally
3: blanking on what I was going to say. The girls
0: looking at (laughs) him? Well, I think that's a good
3: point, though, because I think, you know, in reading his chapters so far, you know, at least definitely the first four or five, they were kind of very much just like telling the story of, of Westeros and giving us some background. And it was only in the last, like, maybe two, two and a half chapters that we actually, I think, kind of feel like we start to know Tyrion. Yeah. Like, the story is actually about him rather than him telling the story. Mm. And so, yeah, I think that there is a lot to, like, you know, a lot of sympathy, a lot of, like, figuring out who and who he is and why he is the way he is through meeting Tywin and stuff, too.
0: Yeah, I guess, yeah, I know what it was, I was going to say. I was, it was mostly, like, just, like, the way he's relating to Shay and, like, setting out the ground rules. Like, it reeks of somebody that's just lonely for, like, human contact, you know? So it's, like, outside of just the sex, he's expecting her to do all these other things, you
3: know, like rub his legs and cuddle oh, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, he should have gotten a cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Ponce's dad, granddad maybe.
0: <laughs> and wasn't in that last chapter he talked about his um, the the uh, Crofters daughter when he married her. There was a song that yeah, she sang for was, him. Yeah, yeah. I think and then in this it. chapter, she's oh, asking him what that. song yeah. he's yeah. whistling.
2: Oh, that's a good catch. Oh, I bet yeah. that is.
0: Same song. Yeah.
1: And it, but it's you know it's still weird with the, the, you know the age. No, I guess he's thirty three and eighteen. But yeah, it's just I don't know, whatever.
2: I, I mean, at the same time, it's very clear she's a prostitute and he's going to be worldly. He's and, already yeah. going to be. At least she's that,
0: eighteen. He, well, this is true. Oh, the whole conversation reeks of this is like old hat for both of them. Yeah. Like they know yeah. how to do this transaction, right?
1: But yeah, and I it just makes me wonder like why he, I mean, I guess it's human nature, like why he got in so deep with her when it's so clear that, you know, she's not, she's playing the game too. It's pretty obvious. Well, I feel like he's kind of a
4: sucker though.
2: Yeah. He is. Yeah. He, and the thing is, is he thinks he's not a sucker. His his um, POV is very much world weary. He and like like yeah. Lot says he's done this before, but he's already starting to like he's talking about the sounds she makes um, oh. when they <laughs> and yeah. you know he's kind of starting like well she feigned them so well and it started I think it starts to set it up in his mind that she's more
1: oh yeah oh yeah you know and then and then when he um she makes the comment he says oh well you know something about cry for me when i die or mourn for me when i die and she's like oh well you won't know you'll, you'll be dead. dead so that was great i mean that's because to me that just shows how she's just you know there's
3: nothing it's it it i also this. think it's why he likes her is because she does say shit like that like she's kind of sarcastic and
2: mm-hmm. yeah except the i think he believes it. Uh, yeah
3: i never got that she was
1: ever you know ever i don't know <laughs>
3: oh i think she it. has a little bit of wit to her yeah, yeah, but not that oh, she was she ever
1: sincere in loving him, like, truly. Oh no no, oh, no, no, no. Okay, um, Tyrion wakes at the night to the battle cry of trumpets. Tyrion wants Pod, oh, uh, sorry, wakes Pod so that he can help him with his armor. Bronn rides up and announces that Robb Stark has marched upon them in the night. Tyrion orders him to see that the mountain clansmen are ready to ride. After he is fully armored, he rides off to find his father... And I'll read this. I thought this description was pretty cool. Um, Even from afar, his lord father was resplendent. Tywin Lannister's battle armor put his son's Jamie's gilded suit to shame. His great cloak was sewn from countless layers of cloth and gold, so heavy that it barely stirred even when he charged, so large that it draped most of his stallion's hindquarters when he took the saddle. No ordinary clasp would suffice for such a weight, so the great cloak was held in place by a matched pair of miniature lionesses crouching on his shoulders, as if poised to spring. Their mate, a male with a magnificent mane, Reclined atop Lord Tywin's great helm, one paw raking the air as he roared. All three lions were wrought in gold with ruby eyes. His armor was heavy steel plate enameled in a dark crimson <laughs> greaves and gauntlets inlaid with ornate gold scrollwork. His rondels were golden sunbursts. All his fastenings were gilded, and the red steel was burnished to such a high sheen that it shone like fire in the light of the rising sun.
0: I love that it's gaudy but I love it
4: they, <laughs> they really, really
0: like their blame I was gonna say you really know where Jamie got his gaudy taste from <laughs> straight from Taiwan.
4: this is the only section I was reading where I was like this is word for word going in the podcast <laughs>
0: not the part about the pig juices on the
4: hot knife. <laughs> that watching. was a strong second but as soon as I heard <laughs> see, the ruby eyes all, all like, of the yeah I think all the no mods way.
1: have our little like uh, I see the artist eye thing like you know it got lots of artists too but you love the gory stuff so it's like I think we all have our little
0: <laughs> yours is armor poor and yeah. mine is
3: gore <laughs> <laughs> armor poor I love it <laughs> Uh, anything else? That was short. That was a short. But anything else about that? I mean, I think it was kind of. It was weird. interesting that um, <laughs> you know, he definitely makes note that Tywin leads from the rear, and you know, he's um, you know, kind of up, you know, up to have like a view of the, you know, up to have a view of the battle and stuff. So he is, you know, yeah. not down there, you know, actually fighting because I think it'd be really hard for him to fight in that yeah. armor. to Be honest. Yeah. Like, he's kind of meant like, meant to be like up on a hill. You know the Terrifying figure.
1: Yeah, those. I mean, and I mean, some of that stuff. I just wonder. It's so ridiculously bizarre sounding. That is, you know, <laughs> that the helms that he creates for the characters sound so over yeah. the top, <laughs> not practical. Like, none of
3: them. You know, none of them can see.
1: <laughs> Their necks are probably sore at night. Yeah. Oh God! They
3: all have to have whores to rub their necks <laughs> yes, at night. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Or they just do, like, the little chain, you know, of all the dudes. <laughs> up, give each other little oh, neck God. rubs.
1: That's hilarious. Now I can picture the camp. They're all in a big circle. Oh, God. Like a circle jerk. Oh, goodness.
0: <laughs>
4: oh, that, that's not a jerk.
0: What is happening? <laughs> oh, what is sorry. Sorry. That went way off track. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I, I want to just give out a shout out to Braun in this chapter. Too. I quite enjoyed Braun in this chapter. His little, like, one liners. Like, there's, um, what I liked when he saw Tyrion in his armor and he's, he announced that he was going to be part of the Vanguard. He said, A small man with a big shield, you'll give the archers fits. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, and when he points out that, um, you know, that he'll, they'll be serving under Gregor, and Bronn's like, awesome. Like, yeah, every every arrow on the field, we're saved. Yeah. She'll
0: be like a mag arrow magnet, basically. Yeah, right?
3: yeah. I love how Bronn was so
1: unruffled by, like, you know, traveling with the ruffians. and the. Love it.
4: But he's never unruffled.
1: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he's that's a good yeah, point. So he's very much this <laughs> element right now. Hey, you know, like, will we ever see a ruffled Bronn? <laughs> Maybe someday for the like White some Walkers,
3: kind of like like a bird of <laughs> <the> bronze, <laughs> it's the rare old bronze.
1: <laughs> oh, winter is coming. We'll see it then. Oh, Sir Gregor tells Tyrion to take the left and hold the river. He notices that the rest of the vanguard is made up of what Braun calls crow food, undisciplined free riders, sell swords, field hands on plow horses, armed with scythes and rusted swords, and half trained boys from the stews of Lannisport. Tyrion wonders why his father sent uh, this travesty of a vanguard to hold his left. Suddenly the Stark army pours over the hilltops, advancing beyond a wall of shields and pikes. Arrows fly and horses charge and Tyrion is separated from Bronn. He manages to hold his own until a knight swinging a morning star bears down on him, injuring his elbow and knocking him from his horse with a blow to the helm. The knight tells him to yield or die, but Tyrion lurches to his feet, driving the point of his helm into the horse's belly. The horse falls on the knight, trapping him beneath, and the knight yields to Tyrion. Bronn finally returns and comments that Tyrion did well enough on his own. Tywin thunders past with his reserve, sweeping up along the river, breaking the remaining line of Starkmen. Tyrion finds Ulf dead and Shaga holding the body of Khan. Of the 300 mountain clansmen, Tyrion estimates about half have survived.
3: So they probably did pretty, I mean, pretty solid yeah. performance.
0: Yeah, not horrible. I've- no, they did pretty good, I thought. Yeah. I
1: feel bad for the horses, because they describe described I uh, mountains. I I mean, it's like they just use them as, like, they know that they're going to die in the Vanguard. Like, they know they're just going to be...
0: Oh, man, days. that whole, like, passage where yeah. Tyrion is talking about, like, his head, like, his, the spike on his helmet yeah. going into oh, the gut yeah. of that horse <laughs> from the bottom.
3: Yeah. Ooh. Oh,
1: yeah,
0: they and they do that in
1: the show. They show the horse's deaths a lot. They're very visual about that. So it was like, oh, God, the books are just as bad. It
0: oh, was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or cool, depending on your point of view.
4: <laughs> Speaking of pretty cool gore, did you guys notice when, when Chella ran up, Khan and uh, Shaga were, like, having their moment, and then Chella ran up and, like, showed them the ears she got? What? <laughs> yeah. Good for her. I mean. I know. <laughs> do you get that as four ears from two people or from four people?
3: Oh. Oh. Boy, I feel like, like you probably you have to one. One ear. I think you have to it's take four. One. Yeah, because yeah. you, you know then you have to do math to figure it out. So <laughs> <laughs> you imagine counting by twos, so two fours. Well, yeah. Actually,
2: uh, actually,
4: well, I briefly started it? reading. The wrong chapter before this, and I noticed <laughs> at the beginning of the last chapter, Chella runs up to say that there's 20,000 men they're approaching. She can't count that high, right?
3: Right. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, how long would that
0: take?
4: She can count ears. I, I don't know. She has
0: an ear abacus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, an ear abacus.
1: Oh, that's so gruesome and cool at the same time. Oh
0: god. And she seemed pretty proud of them. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, why didn't you do something with them? You gotta, you know, use everything.
2: So so. it
1: has to be like, does it have to be the people she personally kills? Or could she just go like building her ear collection
2: by like swiping all the ears from the dead? No, 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 I feel this is sort of like that, that Facebook meme about how many states you've been to. And my rule is, (laughs) it doesn't count if you've just been in the airport. unless It's over 12 hours. (laughs) So I feel like you have to have killed the guy to get the ear. And I'm pretty sure she probably feels that way, too. You can't just randomly, you know, lop them off dead bodies. That's cheating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think she's kind of she's had she's at the honor around the ears. I could see her not.
0: <laughs> cheating. Oh, well, it said, The description, it was a pretty awful, you know, spot to be in in this yeah. battle and you know good for her she made it and she got her ears yeah good that for was
1: pretty dirty like you know the position they were put in and you know i i felt really i really truly felt bad when Shaggy, you know because it's like he is he was cradling
0: him oh my gosh that like like made my heartstrings go oh. yeah and oh. he was talking about how he was like so unmarked or you know good looking basically yeah, yeah, because Tyrion kept it mentioning the
1: handsome, handsome Khan. He kept mentioning that, that, that Khan was so handsome. Yeah. So now I ship a... Do well, so. you think who, what
3: Khan and Shaga were doing a it? Ship it? I know. think or, so, like, a because ship like, what dude does that? Like,
0: hold somebody, say, That's he was right. so good looking, you know, <laughs> unless there was something going on. And they
1: were at the fire with the ox. They were down there, you know, right. hey, Tyrion. <laughs> they had their little moment. Yeah, Maybe it's I kind should of have sad.
4: paid more. Are they the same clan, or are they different clans?
1: I thought they're because he's son of. Are they? Because he's son of Alf, like, and a son of. No, I
4: feel like of, we only know one name from each clan, right?
1: Pretty much. Yeah, I think they were different, but they hung out. Like because they were saying the other ones didn't hang out. Hang out. Sorry, but some of them do. And right. You know, they're... I
4: think
3: hung out is correct. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: After the battle, Tyrion finds his father sipping wine by the river with his uncle. Sir Kevin tells Tyrion his wild men fought well. Tyrion looks at Tywin and asks him if he is surprised. Tywin reveals that he put the least disciplined men on the left in hopes that they would break easily, luring the Stark army into the gap, leaving them vulnerable and trapped by the river when the reserve came in for the final attack. Tyrion questions why he was left ignorant of the plan, and Tywin responds that he is not inclined to entrust his plans to a man who consorts with sellswords and savages. As Tyrion is asking for a maester for his wounds, Sir Adam Marbrand approaches, and I'll read this little bit here. Tywin Lannister rose to his feet as Sir Adam Marbrand leapt down off his courser. The horse was lathered and breathing, bleeding from the mouth. Sir Adam dropped to one knee. A rangy man with dark copper hair that fell to his shoulders. Armoured in burnished bronze steel with the fiery tree of his house etched black on his breastplate, my liege, we have taken some of their commanders, Lord Serwyn, Sir Willis Manderley, Harry and Carstark, four frays, Lord Horn- Hornwood is dead, and I fear Royce Bolton has escaped us, and the boy, Lord Tywin asked, Sir Adam hesitated, the stark boy was not with them, my lord. They say he crossed to the twins with the great part of his horse riding hard for Riverrun. A green boy, Tyrion remembered, more like to be brave than wise. He would have laughed if it hadn't hurt so much. And That's the end.
3: Womp. <laughs> Womp. <laughs> it's like hearing like Willis Manderly. Really, it's so like just so awful when you know he's going to end up at Harren. You know, just be like tortured and fed God knows what at Harren Hall, and ugh. Yeah, I thought that when I saw those names pop up, too, those
0: that were captured. Was it just Manderly that ends up there, or some of these other guys are with Some of these
3: other guys are there, too, I think. Yeah. I think one of the Glovers ends, maybe, no, the Glovers, not yet. Okay.
2: This is the Battle of the Green Fork, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. this is the battle where Roose kills off most of his neighbors, and the ones who aren't end up in the prison.
3: Oh. Yeah, so like Hornwood and Serwin are his neighbors, and...
2: Yeah, and um, yeah, I think some of these guys end up because they're in um, Harrenhal, and Arya is there. Right. Okay. Hmm.
0: How infuriating would it be, though, to like be participate in a battle like this? And then find you know your father just sitting on the hill drinking champagne oh, out of his goblet. Yeah,
3: just
1: <laughs> so, all the people died. I mean, they're still there. He's like <clears throat> sipping amongst them, I suppose.
3: Well, oh. but I mean, he also you know they did say that you know he was coming he was coming down onto the field at the end mm. like he was you know yeah. so it wasn't like he was just in the control room or something. I mean, he's, you know, leading from the rear, which is kind of, I mean, the standard, I, you know, the standard way.
2: Yeah, I know. You know it's, glory. It's well, just, it's, it's but again, leading. it's kind of, I mean, it's just not an unusual technique. I mean, you very seldom hear about generals all leading the charge. You have to be psychotic like Teddy Roosevelt to do that. Or, you know, <laughs> Rob Stark. <laughs> well, yeah, it's also a different style of battle, and it's a different type of. And he's what? He's 50 something? I mean. I'm just trying to personalize it and put myself
0: in Tyrion's yeah. place. I mean, it sounds. Yeah, if you're not Tyrion, it sounds like, well, you
1: know, a slightly cold, but relatively reasonable plan. You know, it worked. Other than the fact that he didn't know Rob wasn't. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> it was and a I mean, yeah. you know, it's sort of like. We, we see this from one side where Tyrion, we get Tyrion's POV when he doesn't know the whole plan and he's pissed. And then later on, we'll get, you know, Catelyn's POV when no one tells Edmure and then everyone's pissed at him. <laughs> you know, like, oh, maybe people should just tell people stuff. <laughs> just, you know, might make things better.
1: And it does seem extra, na- because really, what would it have hurt to tell? Because Tyrion's pretty clever. I think he could have acted it out well, well enough. I mean, it seems pretty petty for Tywin not to have told him. Well, except, I mean, you
2: know, he I think. He- <laughs> I think it's not un- illogical to assume that Tywin wouldn't have been heartbroken if his son had not made it right. out of there, yeah. and that that was the part tune. of not maybe an oh, express oh, plan. Tyrion
1: wouldn't want to have risked yeah, that much if he knew it was that uh,
3: yeah. shabby I mean, of an I army. Think, <laughs> I mean, you know, it taught, you know, to go to back to Kama's earlier point, you know, if Tywin wants to control the PR here, you know, my God, even his dwarf son died, you know, in a glorious uh, battle. Yeah. Here, you yeah. Know? <laughs> Fighting in the vanguard. Yeah, fighting in the vanguard. And 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 he consented to that. It's not like
1: he had to be forced. And he would have been a lure himself. Aside from what they were doing, you know, looking ram ramshackle, you know, a lot of men. But he would have just being the son of you know Tywin, it would have lured them in even more. I would assume because. Somebody was running at him and knew who he was.
3: Right. Right. Although, I mean, really, it was really stupid of time because he definitely, like, exposed Tyrion to being a captive, which would have just, you know, like, oh, great, this shit again.
2: (laughs) I'm going to guess that at that point, it's like you're in the lead there. I I mean, I have never. I'm not any kind of military expert, but I'm going to guess that if you're in the vanguard, there's not a whole lot of thinking going on. And that first melee, those people are just fighting like hell. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like someone's like, okay, we'll go capture the dwarf and then get him out of the fighting and we'll have a hostage. Oh, no, I
3: think it's it's when they're you know when they're actually like fighting him that it'd be like, oh, well, you know, yield. Yeah, but okay. again, it
2: doesn't sound like there's a lot of where places to go with all of that. I mean,
4: right, like the one guy did try it though. Yeah. And I don't oh, know. Oh, he what, did. You're it right. Seemed like he had no plan at all. No. Like Maybe he was they... alone. Like that was a one-on-one thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe that Bruce put the all the stupid me. people in the front
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bruce put his neighbors. <laughs> his neighbors were all idiots. Gosh. <laughs> well, no. Well, it's also like I think it's the kind of thing like you get in a situation where it's exp- it's it's put to you with a uh, how can you possibly refuse without looking like a coward? Yeah. And then, you know, you know what these guys are like, they're all like, they're gonna go with, oh, you know, I have to prove my manhood. And, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, Russo and or Tywin would have done stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, Tywin managed, he didn't, again, Tyrion wasn't like strapped to a horse and forced out there. He just basically said, You're going to do it. And Tyrion said, Okay.
1: And Tywin's Side was caught by surprise, so some of them were still drunk, he was saying. So, I mean, there's that element. Yeah. Because I always wonder what convinces these people. Because, I mean, if it was me and I was some peasant with a pitchfork, I would be jetting out of there, like in the, you know, just running, you know, when I have my chance, just to
0: <laughs> convince people to
1: do this. Because, you know, you're going to die.
4: Yeah.
0: <sighs> I think that'd be most of us in the comfort of today's <laughs> society would pick that route. <laughs> Although when we were doing RPG, we we're kind of like, "Oh, let's
1: fight." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ah,
3: that's
1: I don't know. <laughs> we'll pretend. Kill people
0: for off when of it
4: count.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I was just flashing titties. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. This will get me out of my jam. <laughs> It was awesome. Except that our DM didn't <laughs> understand you were fluted, flirting that one time. <laughs> like, my God, she's half naked, and she's saying, come inside, where it's, and, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, Watkins, we love you. Oh, <laughs> I miss
1: RPG. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Don't plug for the RPGs.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh, any final thoughts on the, the chapter as a whole, or?
3: I don't really care for the battle. I mean, honestly, like reading the battle sequences, it's like skim, skim, skim. Oh, I suppose I should read it closer. Oh, battle, people, gross. <laughs> I just can't
2: really. I just don't care. It's like it's. I I hate reading this stuff. I I don't. It doesn't punch any buttons for me. It's not something I really care that much about. The frustrating thing is like I've read a number of essays that point out that when he goes into this kind of detail, there's stuff buried in here that you're supposed to pay attention. Yeah. So it feels yeah. kind of like there's an exam, and your instructor has hinted heavily that you should read Chapter 36. <laughs> and Chapter but, 36 sucks, but you're like, okay, fine, I'll read Chapter But here's 36. the thing, is we're never going to get the exam, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, I, I get you, but this bear in mind this was written Oh, at this is when people time. thought there yeah. might be
3: an exam. Okay, <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> st- some of the answers might happen. When was this Game of Thrones? Was written and when? I mean, years, that twenty was...
1: years ago. How long ago now? Or is
2: so people did 96. Wow, nineteen ninety six. So I mean, you can. <laughs> Twenty one
1: fucking years. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Someone's grown up and can drink here now.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, in your country.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, that's
1: great. Right. So. Drinking for several years. <laughs> so American centric, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we have any
2: mail? I think we have one this week. Yes, we do. Um and it says Hi everyone, just a quick question. I'm wondering, I'm wondering when you guys will do your first Game of Thrones season eight speculation episode. They have started shooting the new season, so I was hoping to hear your thoughts, good and bad, on what's to come in the show, especially any speculation on Jamie and Brienne. I'm enjoying the Tyrion chapter episodes. Keep up the good work, and that's from Kaylee. Bye.
4: Yeah, we had- so there's really people out there that aren't just like exhausted of the show for now. <laughs> Well, <laughs> we
3: have. I mean, yes. Yeah, to be fair, like for this, the really hilarious parts. So our our next. Our first yeah. preview episode is actually scheduled for two weeks. In two weeks, yeah, yes, I'm timing on that question. And like <laughs> for exhausted and hateful and not ever wanting to talk about the show, we coincidentally have the exact same five people that did the preview episode. <laughs> 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 the gang's all back, united, and it feels so good. Yeah, so. <laughs> We'll start those up. I don't Unless we get some spoilers, I don't know what the hell we're going
0: to talk about. I choose to believe people are tuning in to hear this saltiness. That's <laughs> yeah. what we're looking forward to. Yeah, there's a, there's a and,
1: couple little tidbits we could talk about, I think. And we could, you know, obviously. Yeah. I
0: think you could make it. stuff up <laughs> and probably
1: <draft laughs> You know, that would be fun to actually make things up because I'm sure some of it would actually turn out as, as you know, as far out some of the stuff is. Yeah,
3: that would be like our
1: fake spoilers. <laughs> yeah, our our fo- fo- yeah, we could make our <laughs> spoilers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn in and see what it turns Go into all out, not. so I did see that Jason Momoa was in um London and met up with um yeah, with Amelia, Amelia. There were two different like pictures, a bunch of yeah. adorable pictures yeah. and captions where they're still calling each other, you know moon my son and stars just <laughs> like just like, oh, they're so adorable, <laughs> but she's just not the man you would call adorable, and yet he is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so if anybody yeah, has any more, uh you know, any tips you came yeah. across or
0: whatever, send us in or questions yeah, about that. If we got questions for Season <laughs> yeah. 8, it would be awesome, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, otherwise we might have a pretty thin episode. I know. <laughs> We're just... They're building
3: some shit in some places. <laughs> Give us something to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of fake, like, clearly fake spoilers around, so. Yeah, we could have a little
1: section where we, we talk about the really bad ones yeah. that are funny. Because they like, are funny. a
3: yeah like how to spot fakes you know like there's some dead giveaways for things, like when they just like forget about a character and then and then there was a, i mean it's more books book related
1: but there's that terrible um the chickie was sharing with me the um really bad interview the fake interview with george martin oh, yeah <laughs>
2: it's so funny. everyone's bi a piece. <laughs> including characters who are no sexuality has been ever expressed about any of them yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, well uh you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com follow us on twitter at door podcast please like review subscribe to us on itunes podbean youtube google music wherever you listen and please support us on patreon at close the door to get episodes early um thank you everyone and thank you mitchell for joining us again and yeah. yeah. Oh, thrilled to be here. The real Mitchell. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Goodbye, everyone. I'm closing the door. Get out.